إِذْ قَالَ مُوسَى Now the first story is mentioned. The story of Musa alayhi salam. After the introduction, now the stories of the prophets are mentioned. إِذْ قَالَ مُوسَى لِأَهْلِهِ إِذْ قَالَ When he said. Who said? Musa, Musa alayhi salam. To who? لِأَهْلِهِ To his family. إِنِّي Indeed I. أَنَسْتُ I have perceived a fire. This incident happened at night. In the dark, when it was cold. When Musa salam was traveling with his family. And he said, Inni anastu nara. I have perceived a fire. Anastu. Inas. Hamza noon seen. Uns. What does uns mean? To find something familiar. Alright? Friendly. Anastu. Anasa is to perceive something. But it is to perceive something that is comforting. You know, sometimes you see something in the distance and just by seeing it in the distance, you get frightened. You get frightened. Like for example, something really dark or something from which smoke is rising. Hmm? So the moment you glance at it, the moment you sense it in the distance, you're going to feel frightened. Or for instance, a white car with some lights, right? On the highway, far in the distance behind you. You know what I'm talking about? You sense it far in the distance and even though everything's fine, you're not speeding, you're in your lane, you've got your license, your belt is on, you're following all the rules, right? But still, what happens? You get a little scared, a little nervous. This is not inas. Inas is when you see something in the distance and you feel good, you feel happy. It doesn't make you worried. It makes you feel comfortable. So much so that you're almost pulled towards it. Hmm? So, inni anastu nara. Musa salam said, I have sensed a fire. I see a fire. So let me go there. Why? Sa'atikum. Musa salam really wanted to go to that fire. Okay? But since he is with his family, and the word ahl is specifically used for the wife also, he has to give a good reason to his wife that he has to go somewhere. You know, wallahi, this is so beautiful. Look at the ayah. سَآتِيكُمْ مِنْهَا بِخَبَرٍ أَوْ آتِيكُمْ بِشِهَابٍ قَبَسٍ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَصْطَلُونَ The word anastu means that he really wants to go. He really wants to go see it. But at the same time, he feels wrong leaving his wife. And he has to give her a good reason, a good justification. So he doesn't just give one reason for going, he gives multiple Maybe this, maybe that. Maybe I can go and find, get some information, or maybe at least I can come back with some fire. So, سَآتِيكُمْ مِنْهَا بِخَبَر I will return to you from there with what? With khabar, with news, with information. Meaning, whoever is there at the fire, there must be some people, so I can go ask them which way we should go. Oh, or if not that, atikum, if they can't help us figure out where we should go, at least atikum, I can come back to you. Bishihabin with a flame, qabasin of a live coal. Laallakum tasqalun, so that you may warm yourselves. Shihab, shihab from the root letter shinhaba. Shihab is flame. All right, and qabas of basin is live coal, so a coal that's burning or a piece of wood that's burning. All right, so shihabin qabasin. What do you understand? Shihabin qabasin. Hmm? Flame on what? 
on a stick or something of that nature. So some a burning torch basically. I will bring a burning torch to you. Why? لَعَلَّكُمْ تَسْطَلُونَ So that you can warm yourselves. تَسْطَلُونَ صَادْ لَامِيَا Sali. Sali is to burn, enter into fire. Alright? And إِسْطَلَى يَسْطَلِي إِسْطِلَى Is to obtain heat or warmth from fire. So I'll bring it so that you can be warm. So this shows to us, I mean this whole description over here, and Musa salam's reason and justification for going all the way to the fire, shows that there was something very special about that fire, that Musa salam was pulled towards it. Pulled towards it, literally. You know like sometimes you're driving on the highway, going from one city to the other, but you see something, an exit, or something in the distance, and you can't help it. You're like, we have to take the exit, and we have to go here and check this out. So, Musa salam was pulled towards it. And this ayah, also tells us something about Musa salam That how much care he had for his family. That first of all, he doesn't just go without telling them. He tells his family where he's going, what the purpose is. And then, he wants to get from the fire something that will actually benefit his family. Directions or heat, if not directions. This is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose him. فَلَمَّا Then when جَاءَهَا He came to it. When he finally reached the place where there was fire, نُوذِيَ He was called. نُوذِيَ from نِدَاءَ نِدَاءَ is to call out to someone. It's also طَلَبْ iqbal To demand that somebody should come. Like for example, you call somebody by their name from a distance. What does it mean? Come here. Hmm? So, Nudia, he was called on that Burika. He is blessed. Who is blessed? Man, who, meaning the one who is, finnar in the fire. Waman, and whoever is, hawlaha, around it, meaning around the fire. The one in the fire and the one around the fire is blessed. Wasubhanallahi and glorified is Allah, exalted is Allah, perfect is Allah. Who is He? Rabbil Alameen, the Lord of the worlds. What does this mean? When Musa salam finally reached this place, and this was on a mountain, in a valley, Al Wad al Muqaddasi, Tuwa, Buqat al Mubaraka. We get the description from other places in the Quran. So when Musa salam reached there, we learned that there was a shajara, a tree. And on that shajara was a fire. But this was a very different kind of fire because the fire was not really consuming, burning the tree. It was just there. This is why this fire was something special. It wasn't burning as in destructive fire. It was beautiful. It was more of nur than it was nar. It was more of light than it was fire. This is how it was. And when Musa goes and he sees this strange and something so unique and amazing and also beautiful at the same time, he is called out. Ya Musa, O Musa. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke to him directly. And burika man finnar wa man hawlaha. Now, what does it mean by this? Blessed is the one in the fire and the one who is around the fire. Meaning the one whom you hear. The one whom you hear calling you from the sight of the fire. 
And from around the fire, the one whom you hear calling you from the sight of the fire, from around the fire, who is that? Allah Azza wa Jal. He is Burika. He is blessed. Meaning blessed is the one who has caused this light. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is nur. Hmm? So blessed is the one who has caused, who has shown you this light at this place. And this place was also blessed. How blessed was this place that when Musa alayhi came here at another place in the Quran, what do we learn? He was told to فَخْلَعْنَ عَلَيْكَ Remove his sandals. Because he was in a blessed place. Now some have said that what was in the fire was the angels. All right? Or some light. Or the fire itself. Or the tree. And what was around the fire was the angels. Or Musa salam. But for all of these meanings, there has to be some evidence. How can we say that there were angels in that fire without any evidence, without any proof? We can't say that. Hmm? So the majority of the salaf, what they understood this as, that the sight of the fire, meaning that place, the sound that you hear, the one who is calling you, you cannot see him, but he is calling you. Who is he? Allah, Al-Haqq, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And what is meant by nar is not just fire, but nur, light. Alright? And if you continue reading the ayah, what does Allah say? Subhanallahi Rabbil Alameen. That Allah is perfect. Now don't think, was that actually Allah's light? Which part of light was it? How was this light? What was that tree? And where was Allah talking to him from? Did Allah descend over here? If he did, who was on the throne then? You know, these kind of questions, just stop. Stop right there. Because subhanallahi, rabbil alameen. Because this is where deviations begin from. No matter how much we think about these matters, can we know? No matter how much we discuss, can we know? We cannot. Because our little minds cannot grasp this matter. We are not able to fully comprehend this matter. You see, anything that is from outside our own culture even, do we find it difficult to comprehend? So difficult. It seems so complicated to us. If something is from outside this world, would we find it difficult to comprehend? Of course. Now if something is beyond the realm of makhluk, you know, this is the matter of who? The khaliq. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. لَيْسَ كَمِثْلِهِ شَيْءٍ There's nothing even like Him. So then, should we go into the details of how and such things? No, there's no point. So subhanallahi rabbil alameen. Focus on the message over here and don't get lost in these extra details that we cannot fully comprehend. I feel like this takes us back to the first verse. It starts off with disjointed letters, which we're obviously never going to understand until like the hereafter or whatever. And then it's clear about the things that we need to know. And then there are obviously going to be things that we're not going to understand. Yeah. And this is a simple fact of life. That there are things that are easily understandable and there are things which will remain mysteries for us. We cannot fully comprehend them. So... وَسُبْحَانَ Rabbil Alameen. Because the problem is that people get stuck in these details and they forget the beauty. They ignore the beauty of this ayah. 
It's so beautiful. فَلَمَّا جَاءَهَا نُودِيَ أَنْ بُورِكَ مَنْ فِي النَّارِ وَمَنْ حَوْلَهَا وَسُبْحَانَ اللَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ Perfect is Allah, Lord of the worlds. Rabi'a ibn Ka'b al-Aslami, he narrated, he said that he used to spend the night outside the door of the Messenger of Allah ﷺ's house. Right? He would stay there at night time. Single. So he took advantage of that. Right? And he said that he used to hear the Messenger of Allah ﷺ saying at night, Subhanallahi Rabbil Alameen. Subhanallahi Rabbil Alameen. Meaning, the Prophet ﷺ would say these words for a while until he would fall asleep. Hmm? So this is one tasbih that we can do at night, especially when we're not able to sleep. Subhanallahi Rabbil Alameen. Subhanallahi Rabbil Alameen. Ya Musa, O Musa, innahu, indeed it, meaning innahu, this who is Lamir, it's a pronoun, it's known as Lamir Sha'an. Okay? Meaning Lamir, which is for the purpose of Raf'u Sha'an, to exalt the status of something or someone. Okay? Because if you think about it, this could very well be inni. Ya Musa, O Musa, indeed me, I, meaning the one whom you hear, and Allah. It could have been inni. But it's innahu. He. He. Meaning the one whom you're thinking about. The one whose voice you hear. Who is he? It is ana. It is I. Allah. Allah. Al-Azizul Hakim. The mighty. The exalted in might. The wise. Ya Musa. Innahu. Ana Allahul Azizul Hakim. وَأَلْقِ عَصَاكَ Musa a.s. is further addressed. أَلْقِ You should throw. عَصَاكَ Your staff. Throw your staff. فَلَمَّا Then when رَآهَا He saw it. Meaning when Musa a.s. saw his staff. تَهْتَزُّ He saw it wriggling. He saw it quivering. He saw it moving, shaking. كَأَنَّهَا As if it was جَانٌ A snake. What happened? Walla mudbiran. Musa salam walla. He turned. Mudbiran. Showing his back. Running away. Walam yu'aqib. And he did not yu'aqib. He did not return. He did not even look back. He got so scared. Now many new words over here. Falamma ra'aha tahtazzu. Tahtazzu ha zai zai. Remember the story of Maryam alayhi salam? وَهُزِّي إِلَيْكَ Shake the tree. I don't know if you've ever done that. Maybe try it someday. You know, shake to the point that leaves should fall. Huh? You really have to shake it a lot. Hmm? So, اِتِزَاز is when something is moving, shaking, you know, going back and forth, back and forth, really fast. Okay? So he saw the snake not just sitting there, staring at him. The snake was actually تَهْتَزُّ It was wriggling. It was alive. كَأَنَّهَا جَانٌ Jan is another word used for snake in Arabic. ثُعْبَان we have read in the Qur'an. حَيَّه we have read. Jan is also a word that is used for snake. Alright? And Jan, it's from Jannah. The verb Jannah. جِيم نُون Alright? Jannah. With a شَدَّ and a fatha. So Jannah, what does it mean? To hide, to conceal. Alright? So, jan is used for a snake that is slender, long and thin. Okay? 
long and very thin also. Now, if there is a snake that's big, can you see it easily? For sure. But if it's a snake that's very thin and long, is it easy to spot? No. Because it can wrap itself around a branch. It could be just sitting on a branch. Very difficult to spot. So it hides very easily. Alright? So it was moving as if it was a jannun. Musa alayhi when he saw it, Musa alayhi yes, he was a prophet of Allah. Yes, he was very strong and brave. He had a lot of physical strength to the point that when he hit somebody just once, smacked him, the man died. Right? He punched him and the man died. This is how strong he was. But Musa alayhi was also scared of a snake when he saw the snake. Alright? So scared that he turned around and he ran away. And he didn't even look back. So it's okay if you are scared of roaches and bugs and ants and snakes and things like that. It doesn't mean you have weak faith. Okay? This is a natural fear. Because sometimes people say things like, How old are you? 30 years old? And you're scared of a snake? Yeah, why not? Why not? You know, sometimes people say, Oh, you're so tall and yet you're scared of a cat? Yeah, I am. So what? You're scared of a dog? Yeah, sure. These are natural fears. Okay? I mean, Musa alayhi salam, he was so brave. He traveled himself from Egypt to Madian. He ran all the way. Alright? And he went and approached those girls who needed help. He took their flock and watered them. I mean, he was a brave man. But he was scared of a snake? Yes, he was. Because the snake was moving. Okay? So كَأَنَّهَا جَانٌ وَلَّا مُدْبِرًا He turned, وَلَّا تَوَلِّي To turn. Alright? And مُدْبِرًا from دُبُر دُبُر is back. So مُدْبِر is one who shows his back. In other words, he turned around and ran away. وَلَمْ يُعَقِّبْ And he did not return. يُعَقِّبْ from تَعْقِيب عَيْن قَافْبَ تَعْقِيب is to turn back, to return, to look back. Basically, it means to go back on your heels. Hmm? So when he turned around and ran, he did not turn back on his heels. Meaning he didn't even stop for a moment to look back. He didn't do that. Why? He was running for his life. He was running for his life. Ya Musa. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Ya Musa, O Musa, la takhaf. Don't be afraid. Why? Because in me, indeed I, لا يخافوا, He is not afraid, لَدَيَّ Near me, المرسلون, The messengers. Allah's messengers should not be afraid near Allah, in the presence of Allah. So beautiful. What do we learn over here? That Musa Islam is being comforted here that don't be afraid because first of all, you're in my presence. You're in the presence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And secondly, you're a messenger. So you are granted security and safety. I have chosen you. I will protect you. I will save you. So you don't need to be afraid. You know, a messenger of Allah, he has been chosen and sent by who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when Allah has sent him, then Allah will protect him. Even when that messenger is far from Allah in the sense that not in the presence of Allah. So when he is at this point in Allah's presence, should he be afraid? No, he should not be afraid. Because who is Allah? He is Al-Mu'min, the giver of security. Who is he? He is As-Salam, 
the giver of peace and safety. He is Al-Qareeb, the one who is near. So don't be afraid. لا تخف إني لا يخاف لدي المرسلون Now this doesn't mean that the next time you see something dangerous, you don't protect yourself saying that, oh, I don't need to be afraid because Allah is protecting me. No. It means you take the measures in order to protect yourself, but you don't freak out. Because you trust upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that inshallah Allah will protect me. And if there's anything that's going to happen to me, that will also happen with Allah's permission. Because you see, sometimes we lose ourselves in fear. We lose ourselves. We lose control over ourselves. We start screaming like children. We start looking around and we lose control. So a believer, no matter how afraid he is, yes, He's nervous. Yes, he's doing something to save himself. But at the same time, he has this comfort in his heart that Allah is my protector. Bismillah. Assalamu alaikum. This is, uh, I was listening to the lecture and the sheikh was saying this example of a police officer running after you and the king opened the door for you and he said, don't worry, I will protect you. And you say, no, 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 I'm afraid of that police officer. Do you offend in the sheikh, the king, he said. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he have best example. Allah is a king. Don't worry about the makhluqat. But if you have Allah's protection. Yes. That put yourself in Allah's protection. Give yourself in Allah's protection. And then you will have less fear of the creation. Assalamu alaikum. This also reminded me of when I was doing a little bit of research on husnullah billah. Like having good thoughts about Allah. And that means that when you ask Allah for His forgiveness, you expect that He will forgive you if you ask Him for His protection. You expect that He will protect you. And Allah is as His servant thinks of Him. So inshallah He'll respond in kind. Yes. Jazakillah khairan. Really, لا تخف إني لا يخاف لدي المرسلون That Musa alayhi is being taught over here that I have chosen you, you're my messenger, you shouldn't be afraid. You don't have a reason to fear. This creation. And what a huge lesson Musa is being taught over here. Because he has to go face who? Fir'aun. Right? And Fir'aun from the entire creation, yes, he was very, very frightening. Right? So Musa is being taught over here that if you are Allah's messenger, then Allah will protect you. You see, when the Prophet received the first revelation in the cave of Hira, was he afraid? Yes, he was afraid. So much so that he ran from the cave to Khadija radiallahu anha, so afraid that he said, cover me, cover me. He was scared from the experience. Fear. Over here also, Musa salam, he was afraid. This is natural. Hmm? Now, Musa salam, even though he was in the presence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah was directly speaking to him, uh, he was afraid. Why? is it that sometimes we are afraid of the most loving people even. Think about it. Sometimes there could be a person who is very loving, very affectionate, very kind. But still you are afraid of them. Why? Hmm? Okay, you're afraid of disappointing them. Any other reason? Yeah? Okay, you're in awe of them. You have too much respect for them. Okay? Yes? Okay, you don't want to anger them, yes? You don't want to embarrass yourself in front of them? Okay. 
you're intimidated by them. But you see this entire conversation that happened over here. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asked Musa alayhi salam, وَمَا تِلْكَ بِيَمِينِكَ يَا مُوسَى What is in your hand, O Musa? And Musa alayhi salam went on and on describing his staff. We learned about it earlier, right? So yes, Musa alayhi salam was made to feel very comfortable. And even by this, إِنِّي لَا يَخَافُ لَدَيَّ الْمُرْسَلُونَ You don't need to be afraid of this snake because you're in my presence. But Musa alayhi salam had a reason to be afraid. It was his history. It was his history. What he had done. He had made a mistake in the past. He had killed somebody by accident, right? And which sin is hidden from Allah? No sin is hidden from Allah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling him now indirectly in the next ayah, illa except for, otherwise, man ظلم, the one who has done ظلم, the one who has done something wrong, summa then, baddala husnan, baddala, he changed, he substituted. Husnan, good. Meaning in place of that evil, now he did good. Ba'da su'in, after evil. Meaning he made a mistake, he did zulm. Alright, but then he replaced that sin with a good deed. Meaning he repented from it, he left it, and he made amends. فَإِنِّي غَفُورٌ rahim. Then indeed I am forgiving and merciful. Meaning, yes, such a person has a reason to be afraid in my presence. The one who has done something wrong. But if he has repented from his sin and replaced it with good, made amends for it, then I shall forgive him. Now, indirectly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is referring to Musa alayhi salam's mistake. And we see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't mention it. Hmm? The murder that you committed? No, it's not even mentioned. It's unmentionable because it would be embarrassing for Musa salam to even hear about it. Isn't it? I mean, we know we have made certain mistakes. We admit them. We confess them. Alright? But still, to talk about it, to hear about it, to see it is very embarrassing. To face your own errors is very, very difficult. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is so kind. He's so loving. He's so qareeb that He doesn't even mention the sin of Musa salam before Him directly. He doesn't. There's an indirect indication over here that yes, if you've done something wrong, yeah, it's understandable that you would be afraid. However, you did something wrong, you left it, you repented from it, you replaced it with good, فَإِنِّي غَفُورٌ رَّحِيمٌ You have no reason to be afraid. How welcoming our Lord is. How loving He is. That really, a servant feels near to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala despite the sins that he has committed. Once he repents from his sins. And Musa salam, did he repent from his sin? Immediately. Immediately. He committed the murder by accident. First of all, it was an accident, right? And then secondly, when it happened, in Surah Al-Qasas, Ayah 16, we learn, Rabbi inni ظَلَمْتُ نَفْسِي فَاغْفِرْ لِي Oh my Lord, I have done wrong to myself, so forgive me. فَغَفَرَ لَهُ So Allah forgave him. But since Musa salam, was not a prophet at that time, he didn't know if he was forgiven, right? And of course, he had that heaviness, that guilt in his heart. And what happened? The first conversation... Alright, first revelation and Musa salam, you know, that guilt is taken away from him. فَإِنِّي غَفُورٌ رَحِيمٌ I am forgiving and merciful. In these ayat, no matter how much you read them, no matter how much you reflect on them, they really show the kindness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Kindness of Allah. How loving our Lord is. Welcoming. 
You know, we keep ourselves away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We really do. We hold ourselves back. We prevent ourselves. وَأَدْخِلْ yadak, And put your hand in. أَدْخِلْ Admit, enter. يَدَكَ Your hand fi jaybik In your jayb. What is jayb? Opening of the garment. So put your hand into the opening of your garment. Alright? And opening of the garment basically at the top. Because before people didn't necessarily wear stitched clothing. Alright? It was more like a, like a shawl or, or something that was, you know, put over the shoulders and then one part is put on the other shoulder. Alright? So, jayb is the opening of that. So for example, you see my hijab coming from over my shoulder and going on top of the other shoulder. So this would be jayb. You understand? So, أَذْخِلْ يَدَكَ فِي جَيْبِكَ Put your hand inside your jayb, the opening of your garment. تَخْرُجْ It will come out. When you will take it out, it will be bayda. It will be white, shining, glowing. مِنْ غَيْرِ سُوءٍ Without any disease. فِي تِسْعِ آيَاتٍ In nine signs. Meaning, these two signs that we have given you are amongst nine signs that you shall take to who? إِلَى فِرْعَوْنَ وَقَوْمِهِ To Fir'aun and his people. Why? Because إِنَّهُمْ كَانُوا قَوْمًا فَاسِقِينَ Indeed, they have been a people defiantly disobedient. So at this point, Musa was given two signs. Which ones were they? The staff and the glowing hand. And later on, as per need, seven more signs were given. What were they? We learn in other parts of the Qur'an. For example, وَلَقَدْ أَخَذْنَا أَهْلَ فِرْعَوْنَ بِالسِّنِينَ وَنَقْصٍ مِّنَ الثَّمَرَاتِ Sinin, years of famine. Secondly, نَقْصٍ مِّنَ الثَّمَرَاتِ Shortage of produce, food supplies. Thirdly, الطوفان, the floods. Fourthly, الجراد. What are جراد? Locusts. Then, قُمَّل. What are قُمَّل? Lice. ضفادر. Frogs. Dumb. Blood. So the rest of the seven were given later on, after basically the competition with the magicians and everything. Alright? When Fir'aun was stubborn, and he refused to send the Bani Israel, refused to believe, then what happened? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent a punishment upon him, and that punishment was like an ayah. Like we learned earlier in Surah Al-Shu'ara, إِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ لَآيَةً Right? So that punishment was itself a miracle. Alright? إِنَّهُمْ كَانُوا قَوْمًا فَاسِقِينَ فَلَمَّا جَاءَتْهُمْ آيَاتُنَا Then when our signs came to them, and these signs were مُبْصِرَة They were visible, eye-opening. مُبْصِرَة One that gives بَصَارَة One that gives vision. Meaning one that makes you see. One that gives visibility. Like the sign of the sun. The sun is مُبْصِرَة right? مُبْصِرَة so it, Meaning it gives you the ability to see. So these signs were also mubsira, meaning they were eye-opening, illuminating the truth in the right way. Plain to see, they were clear. قَالُوا They said, هَذَا سِحْرٌ مُبِينٌ This is obvious magic. Fir'aun and his people said, this is just magic. وَجَحَدُوا بِهَا And they rejected it. Meaning all the signs that were shown to them, they rejected them. جَحَدُوا from جُحُود جِيمْ حَادَاد And جُحُود is basically to deny, to reject something with your tongue. With your tongue only. What does it mean? With your tongue only, not with your heart. That you pretend that you don't believe it. So you're saying that you don't believe it. In your heart, deep down, you know it's the truth. 
You understand? So this is juhud. To recognize the truth of something, yet refuse to accept it. To reject with the lisan. So, وَجَحَدُوا بِهَا They rejected all the signs. وَاسْتَيْقَنَتْهَا أَنفُسُهُمْ وَوَيَلْ إِسْتَيْقَنَتْهَا It was convinced by it. What was convinced by it? أَنفُسُهُمْ Their souls. إِسْتَيْقَنَتْهَا From إِسْتَيْقَنَ What's the root? يَقِينْ Right? Ya qafnun, yaqeen. Yaqeen is certainty, conviction. And istayqana is to develop yaqeen. Meaning over time, when knowledge turns into faith, and faith turns into conviction, and then conviction turns into like fact, absolute fact. You understand? So, how is it that you develop yaqeen? Istayqana. How? Gradually, over time, with experience, when you see one thing after the other, after the other, then you have no reason left to deny. Right? So, إِسْتَيْقَنَتْهَا أَنفُسُهُمْ Deep down in their hearts, they knew it was the haqq, but with their tongues, they rejected. Why? ظُلْمًا وَعُلُوَّا Out of ظُلْم, out of injustice, and out of عُلُو Pride, arrogance. فَاسْتَكْبَرُوا وَكَانُوا قَوْمًا عَالِينَ In the Qur'an we learn in Surah Al-Mu'minun that they were arrogant and they were very haughty people. They really thought highly of themselves. فَانْظُرْ Allah says, so look, كَيْفَ كَانَ عَاقِبَةُ الْمُفْسِدِينَ How was the outcome, the final end of who? Of those who caused corruption. So who is mufsid? Who are the mufsidin? Those who see, know, recognize the truth, but yet they refuse. This is a form of fasad. So how was their ultimate end? They were drowned. Now, what do we see over here? Two reasons for their denial. Two reasons why Fir'aun and his people denied. What are those two reasons? Despite knowing the truth, why did they deny? Zulman wa Injustice and arrogance. Alright? Because revelation, haq, what does it tell you? To be fair. Hmm? To think about the rights of others also. Not just be concerned about what you want. Don't be greedy. Think about others also. But what is it that people want to do? Mostly. They're concerned about their own desires. So injustice means desiring one's own benefit, always. At the cost of other people's suffering. Is that what Fir'aun did? He didn't care about the state of Bani Israel. He didn't care about the mothers and the families that were left heartbroken because their baby boys were killed. This is lulm. Just to have control over Bani Israel, he killed their babies? This is the height of lulm. Just so that he could have a whole lot of people serving him, building for him, you know, constructing buildings as he wanted and everything else, he enslaved an entire nation? This is one. So if he believed in the message of Musa salam, could he continue to do this one? Could he? No, he couldn't. Uluwa. What is ulu? Literally height, to be high. So over here it means pride. It was his arrogance. And ulu is basically desiring one's own greatness. That I have to be greater. If he believed in Musa salam, a messenger from the slave nation, then what is it that Fir'aun would lose? His status, his greatness. And many times we find ourselves in similar situations. That the haqq is clear. But we don't want to accept it. We don't want to do it. We don't want to take it. We don't want to admit it. Why? Because then we cannot do what we please, and then we won't have that high status that we think we have. We're going to lose it. 
So may Allah protect us from this deception basically and the selfishness. Ghulman wa uluwa. And when a person persists on this, Fanzur kayfa kana aqibatul mufsideen. Let's listen to the recitation of these verses. إذ قال موسى لأهله إني آنست نارا سآتيكم سآتيكم منها بخبر أو آتيكم بشهاب قبس لعلكم تصطلون فلما جاءها نودي أن بُورِكَ مَن فِي النَّارِ وَمَن حَوْلَهَا وَسُبْحَانَ اللَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ يَا مُوسَى إِنَّهُ أَنَا اللَّهُ الْعَزِيزُ الْحَكِيمُ وَأَلْقِ عَصَاكَ فَلَمَّا رَآهَا تَهْتَزُّ كَأَنَّهَا جَانٌّ وَلَا مُدْبِرٌ وَلَمْ يُعَقِّبْ يَا مُوسَى لَا تَخَفْ إِنِّي لَا يَخَافُ لَدَيَّ الْمُرْسَلُونَ إِلَّا مَنْ ظَلَمَ ثُمَّ بَدَّلَ حُسْنًا بَعْدَ سُوءٍ فَإِنِّي غَفُورٌ رَّحِيمٌ وَأَدْخِلْ يَدَكَ فِي جَيْبِكَ تَخْرُجْ بَيْضَاءَ مِنْ غَيْرِ سُوءٍ فِي تِسْعِ آيَاتٍ إِلَى فِرْعَوْنَ وَقَوْمِهِ إِنَّهُمْ كَانُوا قَوْمًا فَاسِقِينَ فَلَمَّا جَاءَتْهُمْ آيَاتُنَا مُبَصِرَةً قَالُوا هَذَا سِحْرٌ مُبِينٌ وَجَحَدُوا بِهَا وَاسْتَيْقَنَتْهَا أَنفُسُهُمْ فانظر كيف كان عاقبة المفسدين